0: Principal Matters Podcast, episode 294. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about ensuring staff and student voice with my special guest, Brent Klein. Brent Klein is the principal of Palo Alto High School in Palo Alto, California. His previous administrative roles included four years at Santa Cruz High School. He began his education career as a teacher in Clovis, California and served as a teacher and principal at Mariner High School, Everett, Washington State for more than two decades. In 2013, he was the Washington State High School Principal of the Year and in 2014, a finalist for NASSP's National Principal of the Year program as the Washington State High School Principal of the Year. His commitment to literacy and academic excellence resulted in a 10-year increase in the percentage of students meeting standards in reading and writing. Brent was named the principal of Palo Alto High School, PALI as they call it, beginning his new position in the fall of 2020. And although his position began at the height of the pandemic in virtual learning, he continued the important task of including students and staff voice to ensure the involvement of the entire school community with the immediate task of providing positive and relevant learning experiences through the challenges of the pandemic. Beginning in January of 21, Brent began facilitating conversations and learning opportunities with his staff and students around equity with a, fo- with a focus on equitable guiding practices with the help of equity expert Enid Lee. Brent has led both staff and students in a variety of conversations designed to unpack the effects of current grading practices while exploring new and innovative practices that he could implement for the needs of students in this ever-changing world. He holds a degree, a bachelor's degree from California State University at Hayward and a master's degree from Western Washington University. He has presented at numerous conferences across the U.S. And this past year has been partnering with me for weekly executive coaching sessions through Principal Matters. Brent Klein, my friend, welcome to Principal Matters podcast. It is such a pleasure to not only be in the room with you, which we we talk often, but to record this session together. Why don't you fill in the holes on that intro and tell listeners something else they may be surprised to know about you.
1: Um, I want to first talk about, you know, you talk about how your guests are inspiring. Well, I want to let you know and your listeners know that you've been absolutely the most inspiring uh, colleague that I've had in such a long time, and I appreciate the time that we've been able to uh, speak weekly. Um, What they don't know about me, um, I've been a musician most of my entire life, and uh, prior to being a, a principal, I was a band and orchestra teacher, and I still continue that 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 conducting that orchestration into every work that I do as a as a principal. Um, you know, my instruments are now people and their students and their staff and their families. Um and I think my job is to allow and to ensure that every single voice, every single instrument uh gets to be part of the, the wonderful piece of music that we're working on or that we're performing. And so right now it's school and Uh, We're trying to ensure that every student has voice, every staff member has voice, and most importantly, my job is to make sure that we play in tune, because there's nothing worse than an ensemble that doesn't play in tune. Well,
0: Brent, you know I've always said that band directors make great administrators, and for so many reasons, but not only because of the combination of creativity and organization, but because you've always learned how to take crazy groups and turn them into something beautiful. And I think that's what principals do every single day. You work in an amazing place. I've had the privilege of sitting with you week after week and just hearing about the wonderful things happening at Palo Alto High School. Tell us a little bit more about your school. And then I would really like this conversation to include ways that you have involved students and staff in leadership since coming to Palo Alto.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, Palo Alto High School, or Pali, like we call it, it's uh, original opening date here on this campus was 1918 um, and uh, it's a curious connection because uh, 1918 was the, the the big pandemic that we that experienced back in that day and. The school didn't open until December, because of the pandemic last year was my first year, so it was like I just kept on getting this connection about oh my God is, is history repeating itself well it kind of did a little bit and uh, we didn't open until a little bit after they did back in 1918. Um, but the most important thing that I would like to tell uh and to share with you is that this place, Palo Alto High School, is the most dynamic, uh uh rich, culturally rich and um and um really it's a school with spirit that has never died throughout any of the, the 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 struggles and especially through the pandemic even when there was no kids here you could still feel it it was still alive somewhere um and i think that's the biggest joy that i have each and every day is to continue the Pali tradition uh continue the 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 strong uh not only school spirit but community spirit that just kind of it, it comes in and out of our campus daily We sit right across from um, uh, Stanford University and Palo Alto community itself is, um, you know, it's in the heart of the Silicon Valley and there's uh, lots of people with lots of options and opportunities here. And there's also I think the, um, the thing that also is something we deal with on a daily basis is just the continued. Uh, pressure uh, that our students are under. It's uh, either they create it themselves or it's within their family or their parents or their community. Um, You know, the trying to do the best academically uh, continues to be, I think, the number one priority for so many of our students. And I also noticed, and especially as we came back, throughout the pandemic and opening up our school this year. Uh, Yes, uh, building on the tradition of strong academics is absolutely important, but I also realized that the number one thing that our students need to relearn how to do, and that's to play. And I think that that's something that I've really focused on in providing students uh, with opportunities to connect with each other um, outside of their classes and to provide some uh, really structured ways for them to reconnect and find that lost uh you know emotional connection and with their friends and their their parents alike and their teachers especially
0: well you work in an amazing place and if listeners had the privilege to see into your office like I do they would see that you have these amazing windows that look out onto the to the green of your campus. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've told me that that amazing building you're sitting in that was built in 1918 is going to be renovated next year, so you don't get mm-hmm. to spend most of next year uh, by those beautiful windows on, on that part of the campus. But you guys also have some amazingly rich traditions too. Your kids are always involved in things that make me smile. It, it, even through the pandemic, the, the ways that you guys connected during that time and since then too. But Brent, you touched on this before. This is not your first rodeo. You've led in schools uh, for a long time and Washington State for a couple of decades and then coming back to your place of, uh, your origins of California now as a leader there. And one of the things that you and I've talked about is as you have transitioned, and I'm so glad you brought it full, full, full circle from the history of your school through the pandemic. I had forgotten that the origins of your school was, during a, the 1918 first flu pandemic that came through America, and then you stepped in right when this century was experiencing its. How have you included staff and students in your leadership? Because I know that's been a, a, a big commitment that you've made stepping in really as a new leader during the pandemic, but now that you've be, uh, now that this is home, uh, this has become a common way for you to, to engage others in leadership.
1: Well, you know, I opened a school without anybody at the school um, and I was leading people for several months that I had never met, including students. Um, and I was also opening up a school or a school year rather uh, in a time where everybody wants the answer. You know, my first site council meeting that I did with Palo Alto High School, I had over six hundred. Uh, uh people participating on the zoom call um and usually you're used to as principal maybe six people might show up for a site council so that was like overwhelming and, and and really something that uh really didn't dissipate for the entire first year there was a lot of information that was needed and uh, a lot of people needed to be involved um from the school leadership level i wanted to as quickly as possible um you know, really understand how this school has been led and, and, and how, particularly from the teacher standpoint, what is it
2: they,
1: I didn't want to come from a deficient uh, uh, question. It was, well, what are you doing well? And what is this excellence that you have been driving to and these systems that you've created and these opportunities and programs that kids get, uh, which this school has so many options and opportunities, but that's because over the years they have adapted and really made sure that Students um, are being accommodated with their, their current needs. And so it's an ongoing change. Um, you know, from beginning to understand, we have uh, our department chairs, they're called instructional leaders, and uh, understanding um, how they functioned and how they worked well together uh, within their department. And the first thing that I've not- that I noticed is that they work well with departments, but yet the school connectedness throughout all of the departments was something that uh, really needed to be focused on. Um, And that's been a lot of our work in terms of identifying uh, uh, systems and practices that we all do. And and what are these uh, practices that we can do similar within each department so that our students have more of an equitable experience in, in their lives every single day. And so that's been ongoing and really unpacking what does equity mean and what our equitable experiences that we should provide and that we already are providing for students. Um, we do all these work, all this work for students, and I think all too often we forget that we need to include them in the, into the workings, into the into the uh, providing suggestions, and we need to stop and pause and listen. Uh, it was when I was in Santa Cruz that I created a, a principal advisory committee, uh, and it was because I had to facilitate a. Uh, um, Selection for school board student school board rep, and I had like a dozen kids that uh, wanted to do that, and so I did interviews. And it's like, well, what do I do with these other students that wanted to be involved? And from there came a principal advisory committee, and uh, it's evolved over the year. And how it is now that I introduced it to Pally is, um, I um, I have a, a student membership of four students per grade level and um, it's a they have to apply and then i interview them uh, this year i had about 80 students apply so i interviewed every single student because why why wouldn't i if they wanted to be part of this um and so and it's not just four because i couldn't decide so there's five in this grade and five i think it's actually five now in, in every class i just couldn't i couldn't cut that many people out of it and we meet we, uh, we meet once a month. AND I PROVIDE THEM LUNCH, um, AND IT MIGHT BE A, uh, WE MIGHT HAVE A scheduled uh you know question and answer that i that i that i, I need some specific questions uh, answered from them uh, based on their experiences or they just bring uh, their particular needs that they feel are necessary to be looked at from a student's perspective um and and so that's pretty important to me to pause and, and to listen and i do that every single day i will ask a student something every single day and to ensure that their voice gets included in our work i I've started to actually bring them to staff meetings with us, uh, to professional development sessions. Um, They they might show up live, or they might show up. I've uh, done a couple of student videos uh, to bring the student voice in on particular topics, Um, and the last uh, uh, event that we did just last week was uh, created a student podcast on um, some of their experiences.
0: Wow. Well, Brent, I want to back up. There's so many things that you said there that are so powerful in principal Matters listeners. I just want to encourage you. I know that at the time of this recording, you're listening to this as we wrap up a school year. And so you're probably beginning to think about ways that you wish you were in, in in involving kids now, but you also may be thinking about things that you would like to put away for ideas for next year. And in either case, Brent, you said a couple of things that I want to circle back to. One, you talked about as you got to know your students and staff you realized what was working well but you also realized the need to better connect across disciplinary areas Mm -hmm. so that you could see common themes happening across the school that might need to to be addressed and and i know from conversations with you that, that that has led to some changes one of those areas i believe that you've really focused on is is equity And you mentioned Enid Lee um, in the introduction. We mentioned that she's been working with you guys. For Principal Matters listeners, Enid Lee was a guest on this show for episode 268. I looked it up, Brent, so I could remember when she was on the Uh show. She's an amazing person and I would encourage anyone to go back and listen to her podcast where she talks about her work with schools across the US and Canada on equity issues. But Brent, as you've worked with your teachers and your students together, you've seen some things that have some outcomes and responses. I think that have been both encouraging and surprising, and sometimes challenging. Talk a little bit about that. What are some of the outcomes that you've seen? Um, and I know some of that led up to the podcast that we'll talk about in just a minute. But what are what are some of the outcomes and responses you've seen? And as you have included staff and student voice.
1: You know, well, I would say the biggest uh, outcome that probably shouldn't surprise me, but is that there's some great things going on at, 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 at my school here. There's awesome teachers with great programs that they've created, these kids that excel and really care about their, their school. Um, they're in it for the long haul, and they're in it because they care about the, the, the teachers and staff care about kids, and vice versa. These kids are genuine and, and and very respectful. They're a great uh they're a great group of kids. I've I've not seen uh you know this in a long time and so there's a lot of resilience here that i that has been unpacked um and there's a lot of um also vulnerability vulnerability going on here because people are starting to talk about their practice and they're and we're starting to challenge what what it is that we've done you know i talked earlier about the great t- traditions that have been here at Palo Alto high school sometimes traditions are meant to be um you know over a particular time, and maybe they don't need to always travel through the next the next era, and I think that's exactly what we need to start doing is really look at what we do. To ensure that that it's reflecting the students of today, because the students of today and you and me and everybody else. All of us have experienced a a change in our lives that has kind of even the playing field all over again, and so now, this is the best time for us to start thinking about what we do Um, and so. I. have and through our facilitation with Enid especially, who is a gym, and I recommend all of you hook up with Enid at one point, uh, it took us a year at least just talking about what equity is and to defining what is, what is equitable uh, experiences for kids, what is not, what are some of our systems in place uh, And whether it's, you know, the our our content or our assessment practices or how we hire people or how we interact with each other and stuff, what are some things that are that are stopping us from this sort of change that's necessary Um, and And then we also kind of took our conversation just recently because I paused, Uh, I I this is not going as fast as I thought, because just it's just just been a crazy year and a half. Um, and we're now starting to talk about our practices within the classroom, but specifically about grading, uh, and and how we uh, um, think about our grading practices that have virtually remained unchanged for way too long in, in schools. And and I, I, I got to tell you, I've I, it's it's. It's been hard, but it's just been awesome experiences listening to uh, staff members change their perspective, uh, regain some new new practices, and uh, ultimately, I have tried my best to stay out of it and just to... Help guide the conversations and the practices and the opportunities for staff to learn through each other, and to purposely group them with people they don't hang out with. Like, I don't need seven math teachers to talk about this practice. I need a math, an English, a social. Study. I need an eclectic group because I think that the learning is so much deeper that way. Um, and the best thing that could come out of our work uh, happened in this last month um, through and it it came from staff members and we've identified some school-wide practices not that we're going to implement but we're going to talk about we're going to agree upon uh making them work next year from uh and there's four little buckets maybe they're big buckets right now but you know one area is student redemption How, how can we start talking about you know being more um available to Change our our deadlines, uh, or allow students to take retakes, or maybe that hundred point scale is not the best for grades. Or then looking at clear communication, how can we be clear about what we expect for students in my class, but in every class, and how consistent can we be? Um, You know, and how and consistency was our next area, and just looking at are we grading. Expectations and in, in content areas the same, course alike, and then and finally, you know, how do we continue to include our student voice and provide them with choice, and not only what they're experiencing, but how changes occurring around them. Um, yeah, man, I don't know if I just answered your question, I felt like I oh, went on did. a little bit.
0: And, and Brent, what's so wonderful about hearing you summarize this is I've had the privilege to sit with you through almost an entire school year, week on week, listening to you share those next steps. And so for Principal Matters listeners, you're getting a an overview of something that I've been able to watch Brent lead, not alone, but collaboratively with his administrative team, with his teacher's input. You shared a book with your staff grading for equity, what is white matters and how it can transform schools and classrooms by Joe Feldman, and you sent me a copy, a book that you guys have used as a as a as a resource for just prodding conversations, asking questions, trying to trying to move yourself forward as a school that's had a lot of traditions that you are helping your teachers question, and I love those four takeaways, student redemption clear communication, consistency, and student voice and choice. And I know that leads us into the question I was gonna ask you next, Brent, which is as you have created more opportunities for students to have voice, you've, you've discovered within your school a student population within your student population of of kids that didn't feel like they had a voice. And so tell us that story and and tell us how that story led to the podcast that your kids put together that you recently shared with your staff.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. And you would think that Palo Alto high school uh, equity wouldn't be a conversation you necessarily have. It's, it's diverse, but not the most diverse place. Um, Part of our student population is, you know, specifically talking is um, our, our work with our, our African American students, where we have less than two percent, um, and it's small enough that could you could ignore it, but it's small enough that you can't, and and you can't ignore what you can't ignore their experience, uh, and and. and it's important to me, especially with this population of students is to really sit and pause and ask, what is it that can be done uh, as an African-American student? What is it that's being done that for you from our teachers that it's gone well? What are things that can be done that could be better? Um, And then, um, you know, what, do we need in place to ensure that not only do you feel safe, but also that your voice is heard, and, and that you are feeling part of the fabric of Palo Alto High School and not excluded? Um, it's it's been a wonderful experience, and and uh, uh, listening to uh, some of the struggles that some of our students have, but the 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 podcast that we did, and I purposely. Uh, you know, the, it was those three questions that I, or those three points, those are our questions is that I, I want to know that what's, what, what has gone well, um, because within that question comes out what hasn't gone well. Um, and this podcast that we did, um, and it went in line with, our, we had a department that shared because it's, you're not going to move any of this work or any work forward unless you start having your staff share what they've accomplished and share what they've learned. Because to me, they are the best teachers of teachers. I hardly ever will bring in a, person that's going to sell a program because I never think that that ever works for the schools that I've been at. I'll I'll take pieces of them, but um, I I think that you need to be real careful about what it is that you're bringing and so a lot of our work, and a lot of the work in most of my career has actually been created and supported by the teachers within the building because you, you don't have to go far to find the excellent work. Um, so anyway we we, we had some uh, uh, a particular issue with um, a concern brought up by um, uh, some of our African-American students through our BSU program to uh, our our social studies and our history department about the use of an n-word uh, in some of their uh, uh, delivery of lessons and, and, and such and so this podcast and the presentation from this department came out in front of our staff so that, they can also see what's been going on and what has transpired through our work on Focus on Equity.
0: Well, and the beautiful thing about that podcast, Brandon, thank you for sharing it with me. It was 12 minutes of a variety of student voices. And I know that you had actually taken a couple of hours of conversation and they had edited it down to just 12 minutes of takeaways from a variety of students across campus, just sharing ways that they felt challenged, but ways that they felt heard in ways your school has grown in the way that it has reached. In fact, I ask you for permission to share just one minute of just one student voice from that podcast with our listeners, and can, can you set this up for just a moment, the, and if you don't mind sharing the name of the student, and if, 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 or if I can share that in the show notes later, but set this up for just a moment, and I'm gonna share that audio here um, after you give us a little bit of context.
1: The the point of this particular clip that you will hear is um, it's actually a concern that a student brought up with her teacher and. um, And, and the conversation wasn't just once it went on and on and on, but yet the the beauty of it is that. Our our teacher listened and adapted and changed, and you know what the most important piece is went back and asked did that help you and I think. If you don't do that, then then you might as well not, uh, I don't know, it's just important. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's just really important to really follow up on what you do to bring change into schools.
0: Well, I'm gonna play just this one minute clip here. This might be a minute and a half, but I wanna just hear the student's voice together. And then Brent, if you wanna make the entire podcast available to
2: listeners, but let's listen to that student story. My teacher, my history teacher, and I had butt heads about it. And at one point, he asked me, he communicated, he was like, what would you like me to do so it can be more comfortable for you? And I told him, I was like, it was about the use of the N word. Um, He was like, "Um, what can I do to better it? And I, I told him, I was like, just make sure you address it and stuff. Make sure no one repeats it, says it. Anywhere and stuff because it's already discomforting enough to be the only black student there But it's harder when you're the black student and people are saying slurs around you Just makes you even more uncomfortable So he asked me what he can do to better it And when the unit came around he fixed it and it made it better And I felt a lot more comfortable I did really well my final project for it I I was really happy and satisfied what he did to make the issue better So I think it's just communication um we checked in about it and I told him he was doing great um I think it's going a lot better in that class and I'm my grades even higher because I'm more comfortable so I'm able to like pursue myself more academically when I am comfortable so I think it was just like a relationship and a communication and a lot of the times people complain but when people ask them what do they want, they never know the answer. And so when he asked me that, I felt really great because I knew what I wanted and the fact that he did it made me feel even better.
0: Brent, I just love listening to her voice. And I know from conversations with you that that's just the end of a very long story, a a story that involved a lot of collaboration of of an openness on the part of the student's teacher, Mm -hmm. openness on the part of the student, openness on your part to facilitate a place where they got to a point of trust with one another. What other thoughts would you add to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, I, I got to give uh, Enid uh, credit on that because she was the one that uh, interviewed the students and she does an awesome job at doing that. I mean, but how much, I mean, you could just play that clip. I could listen to that clip over and over again, just that one minute, because it's so rich. Um, and and Isis, the student, who's a, a remarkable young lady, um, I mean, she talked about it, It's right there, folks, right? Relationships and connections. What else do you need to to help not only our students feel safe and, and supported, but also the adults? And and again, talking, I, I just love how uh she talked about and we checked in and I told him he was doing okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you knew ISIS, you'd go, yeah, that's what ISIS would say. because <laughs> uh, she's just a remarkable kid that that once not only she's probably the smartest kid I've met in a long time. And she cares deeply, uh, not only about her family, but herself, and I think also her community here at So um,
0: Well, Brent, kudos to the work that you've been doing this year on including staff and student voice. And Principal Matters listeners, you're just getting a taste of some rich, rich conversations that Brent and I have had throughout the school year. So Brent, thank you for sharing those summaries and just letting everyone get a small glimpse. A lot of conversations that you have aren't things you can share because they're confidential. I wanna just uh, congratulate you for stepping into a school at one of the hardest times in the history of education, figuring out how to listen, connect, build trust, and not only just connect as a new leader, but also rally people together, so that they became a, a more trusting work environment for staff and for students. And I know you well enough to know that you are just looking at this as I'm just beginning, Will. I'm, there's just so much to do here, but I just wanted to congratulate you and share your story also as, as an example for others who might may wanna think about ways that they can include student voice or, or staff inclusion in their leadership too. I want to ask you some other questions about some of the time that we spent together. But any other thoughts you wanted to add to that before we change the topics?
1: Yeah, um, no, but thank you for those great comments. And it's, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't be a principal. I couldn't be a principal if I didn't include students. And, um, and I, I'm not a, I, I don't focus on just one student or teachers or parents or our community. It, 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 it's all the time you know and one might shine and rise above the other for a particular time um but it's just it's the continued building of trust through opportunities of voice uh through everybody that's involved in this process so i can't do it alone
0: we've had the privilege of connecting almost weekly or I've lost count of how 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 long we've been connecting, Brim this entire school year for weekly executive coaching meetings. Talk a little bit about that. Why is why is executive coaching something that you reached out to connect with me about and what have been some of the lessons, uh, challenges or benefits that you've that you have gained from those experiences?
1: You know, well, um you wouldn't think so. This is my 19th year of being a high school principal. You wouldn't think that I needed to be coached, right? I mean, I got it. Um, and I could have continued on um without you know our connection. Um, and that would just be me being the same old guy that I was, or same old principal. Um I, I know that changing jobs, um, going to a different school, um, and the pandemic, and not I, it was just I I needed something. I needed somebody to uh, talk with. And um, you know, I started listening to your podcasts um because I now I have a commute and I've never really had a commute about a 45 minute, but it's beautiful because I started and ended on the pit on the on the Pacific Ocean. So that's really cool to see that. Um and I started. Uh, dabbling into podcasts and that's where i found you and then that you have these opportunities for coaching and um i just felt that i needed a reboot and i needed somebody to to help ans- ask me awesome questions like you always do. Um, And you don't, and you don't back down, which is great because uh, principals need somebody like that. (laughs) Um, And just your, your connections to other people's thoughts and and recommendations that I continue to hear on the podcast, but specifically in our conversations, I, I I, I can't say how grateful I am. I can't, I'm grateful uh, for, for, the opportunities to share things with you that I generally wouldn't do with other folks. And and I do it because I, I trust you and I do it because of you have the experiences and you have continued experiences. And I mean, you've, you've hooked me up with some pretty brilliant people that um, that in fact, I'm gonna bring one of those brilliant people to my school in the fall. So mm. it's been a great avenue for opportunity, especially for this guy that's been doing this for a long time. It's, it's renewed me and it's also, Um, open my heart to different ways of thinking. So thank you, Will.
0: Wow. Well, Brent, thank you. It's, it's hard to hear all of those. um, It's hard to hear all of that from you and not feel emotional. And so it's usually when I'm hosting podcasts, I am listening and thinking about what's the next thing I'm going to ask. And I'm just almost at a loss for words, but thank (laughs) you for, for your, um, for such gracious feedback. And it's an honor to connect with your leadership and to have watched you practice the things that you talk about. And anytime we step into an area of new challenge, you are quick to take action. And the best part for me is I get to weekly follow up and watch what's happening next. And it hasn't come without battles and obstacles and challenges that you've had to manage throughout your campus and like every school leader Um, but it has just been such a privilege to be able to have a small part in watching these things unfold through your school year. I want leaders to be able to know how they can connect with you, Brent, because I know that someone's listening to this right now who could either relate to wanting to be able to connect with other people for coaching, or listening to ideas and wanting to know, well, how can I connect with someone like Brent? And you can connect with Brent. Brent, why don't you share how folks can stay connected Mm -hmm. with you? and then um any uh, any parting words of advice that you would have for school leaders
1: sure. okay so i'm embarrassed to say i don't have twitter i don't have any of that stuff so simple email um b as in brent b klein b-k-l-i-n-e at org is the best way um yeah i i keep saying i'll work on the twitter and instagram stuff <clears throat> What's the most important thing I wanna leave with is um, everybody's changing, everything's changing. We're part of change right now. Um, And we'll never return back to the schools that we knew or the life that we knew. Um, And so I want principals to know that this, as a building leader, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to really think how we do school and to really uh, bring those voices out of the woodwork that we don't generally hear because everybody has opinions and everybody has thoughts and, however, and whatever you can do to incorporate them into the plan into the into the into the agreed recommendations or whatever it is, uh, I I think the better will be. Um, And then finally, I would say that talking about things is important, but until you do it it's not it's not worth talking about. And so, you know, really be thoughtful on what outcomes are going to be. What is it going to look like from your perspective as a principal when you do it? Um, And I'm going to say, just do it. Just Mm. do what you think is right.
0: Well, Brent Klein, it has been such a privilege to watch you listen and do it all the time. (laughs) And Principal Matters listeners, I just want to encourage you as you are ensuring staff and student voice in your schools, um, it's never too late to ask the right questions, to pull people together, to think about how you can increase that engagement. And if you want to reach out to Brent Klein, I will share his email in the show notes. So you can always check the website at williamdparker.com for this episode with Brent Klein to, to Greg Klein, thank you so much for the opportunity to share your story and one of your student voices with Principal Matters listeners. Principal Matters listeners, thank you for doing what matters, and we'll talk to you next week. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.